Okay, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Movie Squad, the horror movie podcast that reviews the best and worst and everything in between in horror, one movie at a time. I'm your host, Otis, and tonight, like always, I am joined by the Spooky Movie Squad, and that group consists of Katie. Hi. Emma. What's up? And Micah. It was the wor- best of times. It it was the blurst of times. <laughs> the blurst of times? <laughs> Slap you in the top of the head. <laughs> <laughs> so sit back and relax and enjoy our review of the 2022 American teen horror drama film Mr. Harrigan's Phone Some Connections Never Die that is a very apt subtitle <laughs> hit that music Happy Spookies, everyone. This is episode 293 of this illustrious podcast and chapter one in our month of Stephen King horror movies. So I say this about a lot of things, but I'm actually telling the truth this time. If you know me, I love Stephen King. We've been cleaning and renovating some of our rooms, and I've had to move my books around. And that's yeah. how you know you like something a lot when you get pissed off when you have to move all your memorabilia of said thing. Uh, yeah, it makes me mad because I have a lot of fat fucking Stephen King books, and they're heavy and they're all different shapes. It's making me mad. Yeah, I've thought about moving my Harry Potter stuff, and I'm like, nah. It's gonna piss you off. I know. I'm like, nah, I can just stay there. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. If I remove my comic books, I'm gonna be mad too. But one day I'll have to. Our comic books. <laughs> yes, sorry, ours. So <laughs> this is the second year of us doing Stephen King stories, and uh, the, even more have been coming out. There's a new one that just came out a few weeks ago. It's called Boogeyman. Uh, it's a really good short story. I, I actually really like the story. So, But it's it's fun. I love picking Stephen King's story. So I am nervous to watch it because the 2003 Boogeyman was like one of my favorites as a wee one growing up. I know we reviewed it and watched it. Shout out to one of our former episodes. But... <laughs> I know it's not the same. I know it's not a, a remake or anything, but just like I won't watch the the there there are two movies, two remakes that I refuse to watch, and that's Total Recall and uh um what was the other one? Oh, uh Red Dawn. Yeah, they didn't need to remake Red Dawn. No, no, they didn't. Red Dawn was great. So it's it's funny. When you think of Stephen King's stories, there's two routes you can go. You could either do the shitty movies he did back in the 80s and 90s when he was too high to remember that he did them high as a kite and he actually directed one or two of them and he always does cameos he did not have a cameo in this one he's probably a little busy but he was an executive producer on this one so he was around probably or you can dig into his expansive collection of short stories just like our story today Mr. Harrigan's phone. So that is a short story from the collection called If It Bleeds from 2020. Four stories. And once again, this is another subsection of Stephen King stories. If there's less than six stories, then they're novellas. Like The Green Mile was a novella. Uh, I want to say Dolores Claiborne was one. That's wild. Uh, different seasons it's a whole book of just different seasons things happen obviously uh, but there are some really really good stories I think Stand By Me is a novella that he did but his short stories are actually pretty solid and usually he dips out of the realm of scary fear clowns eating kids in a sewer to give you a story with a pretty good tinge of horror with some murder he likes murder (laughs) but it's 
it's really fun. And this story, so for the uninitiated, uninitiated Mr. Harrigan's phone is about the relationship, a very good relationship, between a teenager and his like older, I don't know, rich friend that he hangs out with three times a week and how that relationship doesn't change even if one of them dies it transcends after death yes and it's it's got all the writings and feelings of a stephen king short story uh how do people die don't worry about that it's better we gotta move on <laughs> we gotta move on uh friendships are strong real strong this and- is arguably better than some of his full length movie like full length book thought out movie like transitions this was really good i liked it a lot so katie uh yeah it was really good (laughs) this was really good i like completely forgot when we started watching it that this was based on a short story and not a full-ass novel and then as it went along i was like oh okay it makes sense that this was only a short story like there were little pieces that you were like okay he definitely could have gone deeper here. Oh, yeah. Like if he had written a full length novel about it, like there you would definitely see like, oh, this person would have a little bit more backstory. We'd get a little bit more insight into this friendship or this person or whatever. Um, but as far as a movie goes, like the fact that it's a short story didn't matter. They knocked it out of the park, I think, with the movie. Now, it wasn't scary. Like... I don't know. When I think of Stephen King, I expect things to be scary, like sewer murder clown. And this one wasn't that. Like, yes, people died, but it wasn't as creepy and scary as some of his other stories are. But I still really liked it. And this is one of the movies or stories of his where I definitely, and maybe it was just me, but I definitely felt more feels than I usually feel when I watch uh Stephen King things usually I'm just like my only feeling is terrified or scared or like nervous for the characters about what's gonna happen and this one had like my full range of emotion you were like happy and then you were sad and then at one point I was like crying because of a thing that happened and it was just like oh this is a lot good job Micah (laughs) meh yeah, this this didn't do it for me. Horror is a quite a quite a stretch on this one. Um, it was just really boring. It, it felt like somebody got really artsy with it and just wanted to be like, "Let me let these really talented actors act." I was like, "Okay," but and then and then like the it was like they tried to make a point of the movie that was like something that i'll get into later like i can't even say it like <laughs> it, it was just it just meh i eh, like i i get that the actors were good and you know it's always it's always good to see sutherland and uh, yeah no it's just god could it have been any longer just 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 a little let's do more it was just let's just do it longer why not let's, <laughs> no god and I can't get into more because there's there's not really a whole lot of plot to talk about. So it's like I can't really say anything about it without ruining everything. So we'll <laughs> talk about it later. I'll come back at the end. Don't worry. Stay in your seats, folks. Or on your bike. Or on your trail. Or yeah, wherever you're listening. listening to this podcast. <laughs> as I drag on. Wait, no, I have more to drag on. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a queen. Um... No, okay. I liked the movie. I did. <clears throat> As has been mentioned, it was not scary. Which, like Katie said, I thought Stephen King, and I saw the cover of this on Netflix with the the kid on his bike, and I was like, okay, this could this could be decently freaky. And then it was not at all. I loved the movie. I really did but I felt like it was more of a two-part opening episode to a series than it was a movie, which I guess lines up with the fact that it was like a novella or whatever. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it as a movie. It I got very attached to a lot of people. 
in this and I was very invested in like how the kid was dealing with all the things so no I liked it it was not scary but I liked it a lot Otis so I I don't want to start this Stephen King with his short stories and his novellas were more usual with his novellas he digs into different feels yep and just like i said like green mile and uh, there's tons of just ones that weren't scary at all and they were just like this is this feels 1408 was a short story now that one was pretty scary but that's what i'm saying Uh, he loves running the gamut with his stories and I'm looking at the set list for one of my favorite short collections, Everything's Eventual. And in that one, he just made a short story about the Dark Tower because he just felt like it. And it was about rolling, fighting vampires. <laughs> and it was like, this isn't scary. It's a sci-fi as fuck. And he's like, eh, I just felt like it. He gets, he, like I said, he, he he stretches out when he feels like it with the short stories. He did a detective novel recent uh actually a couple of years ago the colorado kid they just felt like doing a detective story and people were like this was this was stephen king yeah it wasn't bad at all it was different i was expecting scary but no it's about detective trying to solve a case he's like yeah, yeah i just felt like just felt like doing it and i felt the same thing with this one um like i said you can feel the tinges the little nudges toward a stephen king story especially an older stephen king story um, and just like Micah said, there is a main idea he was going for with this story. And there's another story he did that they made a movie. It, I don't think it was that good, but called Cell. And it's kind of another main idea of <laughs> what this movie was talking about. That one phones made you turn into zombies. But oh my god. But it just I like this a lot. I like this a lot. And I don't know. I I <laughs> It's weird. We reviewed Black Phone in October, and that was his son. And I was like, that this feels like a Stephen King story. Not as scary, actually scarier than this. But, you know, and we had Ethan Hawke with a scary mask on, but it wasn't that bad. It was a kid that mask was so fucking learning crazy. from, you know, ghost kids how to defend himself. And that was, that's really kind of what it was. And it was great. Mm-hmm. And this one, it, like I said, it's creepy. Creepy adjacent. I do have one more thing to say. I, I will say that it is... The, the good thing was, it was like the writing wasn't bad. Obviously, no. Stephen King, he knows how to write a story. Yeah. So it's like, you don't have to worry about that. You know, it's... Um, <laughs> so, fun fun side note, I just re-upped and got a, a library card because there's a an app called Libby where you can get like ebooks and audiobooks and stuff and um, I've been hunting for a particular Star Wars book uh, that on an audio book that got taken off of Audible because of licensing or something, and I found it on there. But there was another one that I was interested in, and it was it's called From a Certain Point of View, and it's like episodes four, five, and six from like random perspectives. So it's just like a collection of short stories that are just like random people throughout the Star Wars universe that don't really like the bartender or the cantina band like like little stories from random perspectives and it's like some of them were written by some of the authors who write the main novels and so they're like really short but really really powerful and then of course there was one that was written by will wheaton and you know no offense to will wheaton good guy activist and and you know not gonna say anything about that like he's awesome but like you could tell that that wasn't written by a writer. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was very not, it was very, it just didn't feel like a writer wrote that, but this movie was just like, it was like reading a book, you know? I mean, it also goes with all of the times where he was reading out of books, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that the, the director, John Lee Hancock, I think he went for just a, I'm just going to go, honestly word for word for this there's no reason for me to change anything because it's a short story it's not that much meat on the bones just enough and he's like, i'm just gonna go with that 
So, like I said, this is a pretty good one. That I want to say it's PG thirteen. Yeah, PG thirteen. <laughs> but it, it's a solid one if you want to check out a Stephen King story. That's not like we always bring up a fear clown in a sewer eating kids. Um, yeah, this is a this is a fun one. It does star Jaden Martell. Hey, it's Bill Denbro from those fear clown movies. <laughs> He's the leader. Uh, it was cool to see him in another Stephen King story. I don't know if he enjoys that world, but he's pretty good at the creepy. So I liked it. And we got Donald Sutherland. So I want to do a old school Donald Sutherland scary movie. There are a couple that he's done that are pretty solid. Uh, I want to say uh, Evasion of the Body Snatchers. That was a very solid one that he did back in the day. And yeah, I think I want to probably do that in October. It's it's a good one. It's sci-fi scary. So we'll get through this story pretty quick. I mean, it's a short Stephen King story. It is on Netflix, and it released October 5th, 2022. So it is a wee little baby. It's a baby movie. <laughs> so we go back to the awesome year of 2003. Katie and I were, what, sophomore in high school? 2003, yeah. yeah. Sophomores in high school, I was checking out anime. Katie was probably beating people up because she likes to fight. Bella was not born. <laughs> I was a wee baby freshman. All right. <laughs> so we meet up with young little cute kid Craig. And so we see uh, with a couple of flashbacks, but we understand that he becomes acquainted with a retired businessman, his name is John Harrigan, uh, a little bit after the death of Craig's mom. And later on, we understand why he gets this job. But his job is that he is going to read to Mr. Harrigan three times a week. Uh, one of the days is Thursday. So I'm assuming Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturdays, because they go to church. So probably Sunday's out and then Wednesday's out. I was trying to sit there and like the three days that they pick probably tuesday thursday saturday so he's supposed to read three times a week to him just different books and they actually read some pretty legit books and at first it's just him reading and mr harrigan just being a old curmudgeon just kind of sitting there being grumpy and being donald sutherland yeah and little by little we see that it kind of turns into like a book club situation and so he'll read the book and then mr harrigan We'll ask him questions and he's like well what do you what do you feel about this or that line and sometimes craig will bring up just for himself he's like well i thought this about this book you know when i was a kid but now it's different like they read what the jungle i don't think they read slaughterhouse five there's some wild books that they read the jungle is a very very gross ass book but that's about um what the uh the, the meat packing industry in the beginning of the fda yeah fucking dangerous man so that's dangerous <laughs> meat packing before when it was before just the wild the west people yeah. fall into shit all the time and get stuff cut off and you're just eating people but he starts this whole thing this whole arrangement starts really young like craig is only 12 when it starts so they're reading like really adult books and you know, the at the beginning of it, Craig doesn't really understand half the stuff he's reading. Like no. he can read the words, um, but he doesn't understand like the themes or what's going on. And then as the years go by, as time goes by and their friendship grows stronger and stuff, Craig's able to like understand what these books are about. They're having like legitimate conversations about the themes and the different. They're becoming really good friends. Yeah. And this Craig's a pretty smart kid. Yeah. And I'd, I'd like to think that Mr. Harrigan probably helped him out with that because, like, his vocabulary is ridiculous. Well, yeah. When you fucking read big ass novels in <laughs> three times a week, question yeah. mark hours. I don't know how the fuck he was. I assume probably I an hour of reading. Well, that would take weeks and weeks to finish one book, but probably many hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, years go by, and during this, Craig, he gets older, and he starts high school. Yay! And it wouldn't be a Stephen King story if you didn't have a bully. Uh, every Stephen King story has a bully, and Stephen King loves making bullies that are legit. 
and will actually try to kill you if they get the chance. It's like, that's just his MO in Black Phone. They were picking up giant rocks and trying to swing and kill kids in that. You know, people were fighting for their lives. <laughs> it was, it's in it. He was actually killing people. So once again, Craig, he has to deal with the, you know, scariness of a bully and trying to fit in. And it's funny. I didn't get a phone until I got to college. My mom was like, you don't need a phone. And this is 2003. And this is around the, where the first iPhone popped up. And it's really cool to see that. You know, no, 2003 was when they oh, started. Oh, so it was what, eight? It was 2005, five or six. Yeah. 2006. And, you know, the first iPhone is popping up and we just get to see it take over. Like I said, uh, buddy Steve had a little Nokia phone, a little brick, a blue one. But, you know, fucking iPhones. I sure would have asked for an iPhone. I got one in college. I had to pay for it, but... Uh, everybody's if you don't have an iphone you're not cool it's like peeing your pants <laughs> the only iphone i ever had was a 3gs <laughs> uh i got a ooh, did i get a three or four it was tiny you whichever. had a four yeah because i made you get a four yeah you when we started dating you had a flip phone and that was a fucking atrocity yeah it was like i can't be seen with this man he, <laughs> he needs a phone i've never had an iphone this was 2011. Otis was still rocking a flip phone. Yeah, I had a Razor phone until probably 2010, and then I had one of those ones that slides up. I was literally just about to ask, Emma, did you even have a smartphone when we met? No. <laughs> Which was the year 2010. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't have uh, fancy cell phone money. My flip phone was... 20 bucks and i was like i'll take it <laughs> yeah i wasn't allowed to because my mother thought i was wasting my life on my phone and at one point she put a fucking cap on the amount of texts that i could send in a day and she would set my phone to only be accessible from 9 a.m to 9 p.m god damn my yeah. brothers and I once racked up over a thousand dollars in AOL Instant Messenger because we didn't know that that counted towards the ten cent per text message thing. Yep, and we we fucked around and found out. <laughs> I had a friend that that she didn't understand it, and she was just going buck wild one night, just hundreds of dollars. She's like, "Yeah, you give me that goddamn phone. <laughs> like, bye. I won't see you again." <laughs> so, the bully, his name is what Kenny Yankovic. Mm-hmm. For some reason, bullies have to have really fucked up names. The kind of name where if you hear it out loud, you're gonna laugh and then they'll punch you in the mouth, you know that kind of thing. So times go, time goes by, and Craig is doing pretty good in school. You know, dodging this bully, trying not to get his ass kicked. And it seems what is for is it for Christmas time that Mister Harrigan gives him the his gift, or is it birthday? So he gets them three times a year. Uh, he gets a like a. A letter three times a year it was like for christmas for his birthday and for easter i think hmm. uh so three spread out three times a year and he gets a scratcher which is from like a specific type of scratcher which is from one of the books that they read at the beginning of their like friendship and yeah. he's been getting these scratchers over and over and over and over and over again like for years and finally on Christmas of this year, when his freshman year of high school, he gets he wins. Yeah, and he wins three thousand dollars, and he's like, "Fuck yeah, I know what I want." And his dad's like, "Hey, open that other present real quick." He got an iPhone. Hooray! He was gonna buy. It. He was gonna get himself an iPhone because the cool girl that he likes had an iPhone. So that's the best way to get in there. Craig knows what's up, and so he realizes, "I know what I want to buy." And he gets Mr. Harrigan an iPhone. And Mr. Harrigan's like the old, you know, I don't need an iPhone. I Cell got... phones have too much radiation. Yeah, oh, that's radiation. So he's like, I got a magazine and a newspaper. What do I need a phone for? And he's like, well, you can look at your stocks in real time. He's like, oh, oh, shit. You can look at all these articles. Oh, shit. And then we get Mr. Harrigan does a, and I, I feel this is Stephen King's voice a little bit coming out of it. So Stephen King is a fan of technology, uh, though I think he still types on an old school typewriter for all his stories. 
though he does say that like it is it is nice having just a laptop and I can type things. But I do have an old school one just for luck's sake. But Mr. Harrigan talks about how these phones, it's like, well, I get all these articles for free on here. And that's weird. What if one day they stop saying it's free? And then uh, wouldn't it be easy for people to just warp the facts and just throw out whatever they want? Like, who's policing that? Like, who who would be in control? I'm like, oh, Mr. Harrigan. And there's no ads. This is free. What are they doing? Yeah, he's so bothered no, by how... No, don't tell him the secrets. Don't. Sh- shut up, old man. Right? It. He's so scared I literally, of the future. I literally <laughs> said that out loud when Mr. Harrigan was like, but there's no ads on this. I'm reading all these articles for free and they're like, I have to pay for these journals, but nobody like is charging me for to read these articles on the internet. And I was like, you shut the fuck up, old man. Like, <laughs> you ruined it. You and people like you ruined this. The future is now, old man. (laughs) (laughs) So even with that, you know, grumpily little monologue, he still does enjoy the phone, and it takes up a lot of his little, you know, old man time. And they actually put nicknames in their phone, and so he had a name. It was Pirate King. No, that's what. Yes, Pirate King. And that's what a lot of people called Mr. Harrigan because he's not a good person. Uh, Craig looked up some articles about him. He was in charge of a lot of businesses and people. There were a lot of suicides and just accidents and things would happen. So he was probably working his workers real good. And a lot of people didn't like the guy. Uh, He's grumpy as fuck. And then they add the song. It was a Patsy Cline song. Yeah. Stand by your man. Yeah, it's the one from Blues Brothers when they went to the the country bar. <laughs> Baby. So everything seems to be working out. And one night, Craig is just on his phone and he texts his friend, Mr. Harrigan, and tells him, like, hey, I really do like enjoy hanging out with you and reading books. Like, I think it's really fun. And the next day he shows up to read, like he always does. And he discovers that Mr. Harrigan, he passed away. And the help, it's not, I, it's weird they weren't there every day, but the help, there were certain days they weren't there. So it's, I guess it's like some days it was just him and Mr. Harrigan just reading, which is pretty cool. So he has to deal with the loss of another close person to him. And he actually reads A Tale of Two Cities while he's passed away and he's waiting on the ambulance to get there. So at the funeral... Craig, he sneaks Mr. Harrigan's phone that he got him into the coffin. Um, well, I guess because, you know, it was the one gift he got him and, you know, they connected with this phone thing. So he's like, well, I want you to you know, keep it. He leaves it in his suit pocket. And he's informed, informed by Harrigan's associate that he got put into the will. If you, Craig, that's a rich guy. <laughs> And he's going to get $800,000 in a trust fund. So Mr. Harrigan says that, hey, I know you you know, want to go to college and apparently you want to be a writer in L.A. Writer, yeah. You know, it's a not a good job. And he's like, there is a joke. And I will not explain this joke because it is you a look it up. you can look it up. I did look up the joke. Now, there's more to it. But the gist of it is that <laughs> this actress is so dumb. And she had sex with the screenwriter. And so the main idea of that joke was that screenwriters are the lowest level. So you have to be an idiot to have sex with a screenwriter. And so support, that's, the, support the strike. Yeah, yeah right. Support the strike. <laughs> Everybody should have sex if they're cute oh, enough, I guess. Damn. <laughs> and so um, it was funny. The second he said, you have to Google this joke. I was like, I got to know. I, I have to know what it is. So it, Craig's set. Like, this will be enough money for him to be in college and get all the books and everything and then have some money when he gets out. So, good job. He is still pretty torn up about, you know, his really good friend passing. And he gets a message on his phone. And it is, what, C-C-C-A-A. The first time. Just random letters. And he's like, what the fuck? And he he sends a message to the phone. Yeah. He says, you know, I'm going to miss you. Yeah, I'm going to miss all of our time spent together. And he gets a message back 
and he freaks out and tells his dad that oh my god you know mr harrigan isn't isn't dead yeah he's still alive he's that buried, man, alive. He buried him alive and they're like no he's he's not buried alive i they, they did an autopsy yeah <laughs> He had heart disease. Like, no, he is for real dead. He's like, oh. And his dad tells him, like, oh, it's just a bug with the iPhone. Like, you know, it's a new technology or, or somebody's messing with you. You know, they know that you were close to him and they're fucking with the phone, which is pretty fucked up. So uh, time goes by and we see a couple of like fast forwards in Craig's life. And for some reason, every time he goes to school, he has to like glance up to the right and he sees the bully. And the bully looks at him and it's like, oh, no, <laughs> it's sooner or later. It's going to happen. So he Craig actually gets to talk to his crush because he has a cool phone and they're kind of together, but they talk with their phones. But she asks him to go to a dance. It's like a Sadie Hawkins situation. So hooray for him. But oh, no, he gets jumped by Kenny because Kenny thinks that he ratted him out. Because Kenny was selling drugs on school premises. And once again, Craig likes to look around all the time. And they locked eyes right as he was dealing drugs. But Craig didn't squeal him out. Craig's like, bro, I don't give a fuck. Just like, I don't want to get hit. It, it was the bus driver saw it. So Kenny beats the shit out of Craig and leaves him down in a heap. Just like anybody in an episode of Family Guy, when they get knocked out, and their, their arm like goes over their head and the legs all twisted. Yeah, he looks like that. He's pretty fucked up. So later that night, Craig calls Harrigan's phone and he's frustrated and sad and just kind of upset about the situation. And he says that he's scared that this isn't going to end. And he wishes that Mr. Harrigan was here to give him some advice because he took some advice from him earlier saying that, you know, if someone's trying to bully you, or get in your face, you got to fight. Don't give them anything, because this is how life works. And he tried to fight back, but Kenny is like three times his size. Kenny was a big boy. You have to dispatch them. Uh, yeah. With haste. With haste. Yeah, he's like, dispatch? That means kill. I don't like that. <laughs> so, the next day, Kenny is found dead. Um, apparently. He fell from his bedroom window trying to sneak out and he was drunk and he just like eats it and snaps his neck and they show his body and boy howdy he's laying in the same position that Kenny left Craig the night before and there is shoe polish in his mouth. And Which was a threat from earlier that Kenny had done to Craig. Yeah he's like you should shine my shoes. He's like no. Bitch I'm gonna make you eat this. <laughs> So, holy guacamole, Mr. Harrigan killed that kid, you know, and he's freaking out about it. And so Craig goes to the Apple store and he upgrades his phone to a newer model, you know, and he puts it away. He doesn't get rid of the old phone because there's some still sentimental value to it. And I think the curiosity of the fact that, holy shit, like I might be able to talk to my friend still. That's kind of weird. So. Craig eventually graduates from high school. Uh, life gets better when you don't have a bully just trying to kick your ass every day. And he makes it to college in Boston. Good for you, bud. And he studies journalism. And he's doing really good in school. Uh, he has a roommate from L.A. and he wants to be an actor. Uh, I wish there was a little bit more about that, but it's fine. Like, it's, like Katie said, if this was a full-length book, there'd be a lot more about his time in college and probably would added like one more murder in there somewhere but his dad calls him and tells him that mrs miss hart so one of his favorite teachers in school she was high school she was killed in a car accident involving a drunk driver so this dickhead was drinking and driving and his license was uh already suspended yeah and he was caught drunk driving Again. multiple times before uh, he drops the cap of the like you know bottle that he's drinking from, and boy howdy, I can't just hold this booze in my one hand and drive. I gotta get that cap. It's gonna make me mad. I gotta grab it. So I'm just gonna lay my whole body down and grab this cap. Oh no, I hit somebody. Uh, the teacher she dies, and the fiance is hospitalized. The kids are at the funeral. The high school kids, and Craig is like, I am sure. That this guy 
will get locked up because this is an open shut case. He was he was drinking. It was an open bottle. This is it. We're good. No, he gets sent to rehab instead of prison. So rehab for six months, and he'll be fine. Probably his family has some money, or he or his family knows somebody. So that kid was not going to get locked up. So uh, pissed off because of the verdict because that teacher was was great. She did nothing wrong, and then still got dealt a bad hand in life. Craig goes back to his childhood room, charges up the phone, and calls Harrigan, and actually wishes death on this guy. Uh, Dean Whitmore says he needs to die, and after a little bit of time, Craig he finds out that Whitmore was found dead in his shower. So apparently, he swallowed shampoo. To get his throat all looped up. And then it's they say a bar of soap was snapped off into his mouth well, he, and then well, stuffed he, down. He snapped a bar of soap in half and then shoved half of it down his throat. And it was a big ass bar of soap. I'm like, yeah, damn, that would fuck you up. <laughs> and there was a suicide note, but not really because I guess people don't like country, the cops, because it's just lyrics from Stand By Your Man. And it's not Patsy Klein, it was Tammy Wynette. And so, once again, Craig is like, holy shit, it actually happened. I wish death on this guy. And Harrigan actually killed him. And he's freaking out about this. So he he heads back to his hometown. And he remembers opening up this secret closet that Harrigan had. And he sees that it was a shrine to Harrigan's deceased mother. So we find out the reason that Harrigan picked this kid to do a, like, you know, come by my house three times a week and read is because he also lost his mom at a young age. And so he's like, well, I don't know if I want you to end up like me. So let's, you know, hopefully this will help you out. So at the graveyard, uh, Harrigan's grave, Craig, he kind of figures out or theorizes that the weird text messages that he got from Harrigan are either him begging Craig to let his spirit rest in peace because <laughs> the last message he got was CCCST and so he's thinking that the C's probably meant Craig and the ST means stop and so he's like I'm sorry if I'm like causing you to not be at peace or maybe to stop means that I need to stop this before I become way worse this ruins me but either way i am so sorry and i need to move forward in my life <laughs> and let you you know go wherever you're going and whatever you're doing i need to let you just do that and he goes back to his mom's grave uh, a grave that he has not visited because the finality of things he didn't want to realize that his mom was for real gone so he's like i'm never gonna go see her grave so he finally goes back to hers and he has himself a good cry there and talks to her. So now, as he leaves the graveyard, he heads to the town quarry. And he chunks Mr. Harrigan's, well, the phone that connects Mr. Harrigan, into the water. And then he thinks about throwing his new phone. Then he stops himself. And then he has himself a little narration about how... The phones like it, it's a weird connection that everyone has to these phones and stuff and whenever it's his time to go uh, whenever he dies uh, he wants his pockets to be empty he does not want any type of connection uh, to the living world when he's gone so Katie who was your favorite character in Mr. Harrigan's phone uh, Craig there aren't a lot of characters in this movie but Craig was such a genuine like good kid aside from the one moment where he was just like yo fuck this dude up because he killed my teacher <laughs> like he was just a like a decent kid trying to deal with loss and a lot of it and that shit sucks like we know a lot about that and it sucks and he was just doing the best he could so craig is my favorite micah I'm going to say current Mr. Harrigan and his treatment of Craig. Craig. Jesus. Sorry. I'm not all here right now. <laughs> Apparently. Micah needs to go to bed. Yes, I do. It's been a long day. 
Yeah, he wasn't a bad dude, and he was just trying to give him advice. He didn't bring his past up, and, you know, I, I don't know him as a person or all the shitty things that he did, but apparently they were pretty damn shitty. But yeah. <laughs> as, a, as a living being trying to give this kid advice and not being a total asshole, just kind of being super cryptic about the power moves and shit like that. And if you got an enemy, like, deal with it. <laughs> Dispatch it. You know, I'm I'm sure he meant to like kill the, you know, kill kill the kill the whatever. But he just meant get it done with. Just be done with it, <laughs> and make sure it doesn't bother you further. You know, you got a problem, deal with it and get it done. And so he he had a lot of good life advice, and he was just an old man trying to do good things without just showering people with money. Because even though he had it, that wasn't his shtick until. You know, he won money and he was like, thank God, something finally paid off. You know, <laughs> he kind of knew the the shittiness of it, but I don't know. He just didn't rub me as a bad guy in his treatment of Craig. All the oh. bad guy stuff happened off screen and, you know, in a past life. Yeah. So for that, for that interaction, he's my favorite character. Hey, Emma. Oh, are you passing it off to me now? Why not? Um... I liked the relationship between Craig and Mr. Harrigan. Um, Craig was so genuine, just like Katie said. He was so sweet and real and just was very, like, made an effort to understand Mr. Harrigan and his needs and wants and all the things. And Mr. Harrigan, like, actually showed interest and paid attention to Craig and I thought that was really sweet. So I I liked their relationship. Their back and forth was wonderful. Otis. I'm gonna go with Craig. Now, like I said, if you're in a Stephen King story and if you're a kid, you're probably pretty smart. <laughs> and you probably got your head on your shoulders and you're dealing with something weird. That's kind of his MO. Old people and kids, they get the best treatment in his stories and they're usually the best people yeah and they'll probably die too he's not he's not afraid to kill them adults but, are assholes as it yeah, turns out usually the villain is like an adult shape size and how they talk is the adult but the old people and the kids are the ones that have to fight them uh, i don't know why that's his thing but i guess with kids you don't want them to die or get hurt so you're like rooting for them mm -hmm. but this whole story it craig's a great kid an amazing kid and he's just dealing with the allure of the power to control people's lives like it's you know one moment he 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 breaks and he's like this dude needs to die do it it's death note yeah and harrigan's like just say less homie i'll be back and but no it was really good he went through a lot of emotions and he grew up he had to grow up real quick in this so i really like craig katie who's your least favorite character Dean, whatever the fuck his name was, the drunk driver who killed the teacher. Whitmore? Whitmore, yeah. Fuck that guy. He literally, in the courtroom, got sentenced and was like, oh, instead of fucking four years of prison, you're going to get six months probation. And he looked down at the dossier in front of him and fucking grinned and smiled because he knew he was getting away with this shit for murdering somebody and fuck that guy like not even fuck the ghost that was like murdering people no fuck the, <laughs> the, the drunk driver because that guy was the worst micah kenny fuck that guy he he you know i mean you can't he, as a parent of a growing young oh man <laughs> no but but seriously yeah two two growing young men no seriously though he had a shitty home life uh, you never got to learn about until the teacher kind of said a little something about it, but it, you know, and he acted out with no supervision because, well, he's a white dude and nobody, nobody watches over them well enough to let, you know, to be like, dude, you're being a shithead, knock That's it off so before you get fucking killed or you fucking kill somebody else. Your actions have consequences, dumbass. You know, nobody, nobody is ballsy enough to say that to people and it sucks <laughs> we could avoid so much shit if people would just yeah. sit 
kids down and be like, smack them upside the head and be like, stop being such a dumbass, you dumbass. <laughs> you know, and so you can't really. All the minorities do it. Yeah. I mean, you can't really blame the kid for acting out against this thing, but still, I'm not going to, I'm not going to defend him because he was shitty. Yeah. yeah it just wanted to cause shit and rain shit and didn't want to hear anybody who was trying to be nice to him or help him out. He just had this vendetta against everyone. It was just carpet bombing hate at that point. And yeah. it just, just collateral damage basically of a really shitty home life and that and that sucks and i feel for him and i feel for other people who are going through that shit but he's still a shitty character mm-hmm. <laughs> dumbass i would have to say people that fuck around and find out when there is absolutely no need or reason to fuck around nor find out <laughs> so yeah like the literal fuck around in this was to the highest extent and i was like okay dude dude man you could have fucked around on so many other levels and maybe found out in a way that wasn't so fucking extreme jesus mary joseph it was too much anyway yeah the fuck around and find outs are my least favorite otis so it's like i said it's funny stephen king's story you gotta have a villain there's always somebody in there that's just like Ugh. Uh, but i'm going with the second bad person in this story and katie's pick uh, i'm going with the drunk driver it, it, once again that's another thing that stephen king does uh spoilers for the stand but it's Looks older than me, so. But my favorite character, Nick Andros, uh, just just an angel in that story, and he was taken away by bad people, and I was like, he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> he was trying to just survive, and but Stephen King's he loves doing that. He loves giving you good people, and it's like he, they're just trying to survive, and this piece of shit survives and gets away with no type of punishment. I'm like, god damn it, man. It, it, it hurts and he, he Stephen King knows that's real life people pass away like that all the time justice does not happen for some people so when this drunk driver like killed this very nice teacher it's like yeah that's life dude and it made our main character our good little little cinnamon roll actually be bad turn to the dark side for a couple of seconds so yeah, it was a good moment but the character it was pretty poop I was like, uh, drunk drivers, they're the worst. Yeah. So let's do seven word synopsis. I have two of them. My first one is Bully and Stephen King's story. You did. I don't know any story where a bully actually makes it to the end. There's no face turns for them. Uh, their face gets turned inside out, but no face turn. And my last one is Mr. Harrigan's phone, more like Death Note. Uh, this, this is a Katie one. I will say Katie said it out loud. And I had to make sure she didn't write it because I didn't want to take it. But yes, uh, the premise of Death Note, the anime and the not good movie is, hey, are you bothering this kid? Does he know your name? Well, you're going to die in like seven minutes from a heart attack. Oh, no, I've done it too much. I'm evil now. <laughs> that's that's Death Note. And there's a lot more to it. I, I made it the broadest that's strokes the, ever. The simplest. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Sherlock Holmes is in it. Not the Sherlock Holmes. Uh, there's apples there's lot, everywhere. Yeah. There's a lot to it, but that's this. This is like a kid version of Death Note, and I thought that was really cool. Katie, befriend billionaire, grieve. Billionaire protects beyond grave. That's like what actually yeah. happens in this story. I haven't written an actual synopsis in a while. I feel like, <laughs> uh, and then my last two are quotes. Um, I want to be buried with empty pockets. Yeah. And then this movie, like I mentioned earlier that it made me cry. And the reason that this movie made me cry is because the anything, any movie or book or anything that has a like a grandchild, grandpa, grandparent relationship, like that is 
that just gets to me because my relationship with my grandpa was really strong. Mm-hmm. So when, um, what's his head? When he, so the kid writes a text to Mr. Harrigan after he passes away, and he says, "I will miss our afternoons together." And at the funeral, he gets the note for, that explains like, "Hey, you're getting money from this will," and it's like a handwritten note from Mr. Harrigan that he was told, like the whoever it was that's in charge of the account was told to give to Craig at the funeral or after he passes. And at the end of the note, it says, I will miss our afternoons together too. And I was just like fucking crying. Like what a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and well, you know, it's this moment in the movie where Craig is like, holy shit. Like, how did he know to say that? Because I text him that like last night and he wrote this weeks ago. Like what the fuck is happening? and it was just like also really sad because he lost his like grandpa figure and just heartbreaking so micah i too was basically raised by my grandfather so i'm lucky enough to still have him but you know for how long (laughs) anyway the plot and my biggest complaint to this movie Hurt their cell phones are will rot your brain. <laughs> oh my god. When the last scene in the goddamn movie basically was him sitting at the in, in the cafeteria and all the kids are just buried in their cell phones and he like gets up and like wakes up and it's like, oh wow, cell phones are bad and then walks out and it's like oh come on really that's the plot that's the point that that's the what you were trying to uh. well i mean it's it's you got to think of it that it's a it's stephen king's criticism of the world post the boom of cell phones like that whole monologue that uh mr harrigan said at the beginning about like oh well you know why aren't there ads and why isn't doesn't this cost money and people are gonna put all this fake news bullshit out like this yeah. is just stephen king's rant against like how was, cell phones have affected just, the world like i get that stephen king needed something to write about but it, this was just low-hanging fruit <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that's okay. and that's my rant <laughs> uh i said church led to weird stuff whoa shocker (laughs) donald's donald sutherland's story time takes a weird turn could have been a lot weirder correct honestly when it started in a church and then it ended at a billionaire's house all by himself i was like oh bro what the fuck yup this is getting into a very weird like gross moment i'm glad it didn't go there though correct and then basically, Katie, you and I wrote almost the same synopsis, but my alliterative is Boy Befriends Billionaire. Billionaire Backlash Beyond Beyond. Nice. Very similar. Yeah. Yes. So this film came out October 5th, 2022. Like I said, it's a wee little baby, little baby movie. Got little little legs, they jiggling. So it's a Netflix film, so there's no budget or box office. So uh, I like to think that probably a little bit of money. Uh, not that many different scenes. I They may have filmed this in Maine. Everything's in Maine when it's Stephen King related. But the scenery wasn't that crazy. So uh, Donald Sutherland's going to get his money. And Jaden Martell's going to get a little bit of money because he's the main character. He's in like 95% of the scenes. Um, but I don't know. I don't think it would be that expensive of a movie because not really nothing's really CG. There's probably some special. The most spots. expensive thing in this movie, aside from the acting, was finding fucking iPhone threes and fours that still work. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but no, it's... and chargers, those fucking long ass chargers yeah. for the threes and fours, those are hard to come by. So, like I said, I don't think it was that expensive, but hey, we'll never know. Maybe in a couple of years, they'll be like, just put it on there real quick. I need to do some research and find out if uh, Stephen King, like, asked for Jaden Martell to be the main character in this. Like, yeah. So with certain directors or writers or creators, 
I know they do have ideas in their head for characters. Uh, I know there was a character in the stand that Stephen King like asked that Kathy Bates would play in the TV movie version because he's like Kathy Bates was amazing in Misery. Please give her a spot in this movie. <laughs> so he's like, "This supposed to be a dude. Make it a make it a lady. I don't care." But so I'm curious. Yeah, I'm also curious if he probably loves the kid because oh yeah, because he was so good in it. Yeah. So minority kill count one. Oh yeah. The teacher, I believe, that is the only one. So yep. the new number is three hundred sixty-one. Tito Turtle in a house in a plane full of vampires. No, so does anybody have anything else to say about Mr. Harrigan's phone before we get out of here? It's a good movie. It is not scary at all. Yeah. Very good, not horror. Hits you in your feels. Too artsy. <laughs> One day we'll sit down. Uh, it ain't scary, but it's good. But we'll watch Green Mile. That's a solid fucking Stephen King story. I want to watch that. Now. It's sci-fi as hell. I've never seen it. Not scary. Don't talk it's, about it. It's good. I've never seen yes, it. Yes, but that one is We've what. We've also never seen The Stand or finished reading it. Uh, the TV version ain't good, really, but I think it's better than the newer TV version. Just need a good, solid. It needs to be a show. A movie would be not long enough. The book is bigger than the Bible. Yeah, so. yeah but they've already tried it twice. So yeah. at what point do we just kind of let it go for a loss? Never. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of my favorite Stephen King when, stories. After they make it into a fucking quality eight season show. <laughs> I don't even want it that Not long. I don't know. I'm just sad it didn't work. That book is like 2,000 pages, right? It's got to be more than 2,000. Because I have the unabridged version. I don't know. It's heavy it's as balls. Big as fuck, yeah. yeah. Heavy as I think it's. I think it's just. It's just under eleven hundred. Yeah, Jesus, man, things heavy as balls. <laughs> I don't know. The audiobook version is literally damn near twenty four hours. Yeah. Well, then it's got to be more than that. Then. Be like home. On, I will tell you the audible unabridged length of time, which I still need to finish. Yeah. Be like Homer when he got that book and hit Mole Man when he was in prison. Knocked him the fuck out and ran off. <laughs> so, with that, that is the end of this episode. So, if you have any other cool fun facts about Stephen King stories or bullies or calling a ghost on a phone, don't tell me, but tell Katie. But you tweet her at Alan Tempod. Even, oh. The stand has fourteen hundred pages. Holy shit! <laughs> we have an email. It is AlanTempresents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook app. Allentown Presents. So this is this was episode 293 in the pockets in the books out of sight pockets books pocket, pocket books. books books i'm sorry y'all <laughs> but this is chapter one of stephen king month i i will guarantee the rest of these will be a whole lot more killing a whole lot more scary maybe yeah i, I have absolutely uh, that, that boogeyman one looks fucking good <laughs> and in a tall grass that looks good too spoilers and the audio unabridged audiobook version is 47 hours long. Woo! And I currently have 13 hours and 46 minutes left. I might have to get that. Thanks. I am on chapter 55. Airplane flight. <laughs> so, the music you listen to right now, that is Flippin' Combined after Flippin' CE, anywhere you can find them. Studio Pizzas, thank you so much for the artwork. Uh, like I said, uh, we got couple more chapters and then uh we're getting closer and closer to october i'm so excited there's there's a lot of good movies out there <laughs> so like always thank you so much for listening we'll be back next week with another stephen king story okay bye guys bye toots oh i'm sorry am i drawing this ending out a little bit too long yeah it happens <laughs> this this wasn't spooky <laughs> i'm gonna miss our time together Ooh, am, am, am I dying? Yeah. <laughs> you get that speak and spell voice. You call her on the phone. <laughs> CC. <laughs> like, oh, what the fuck is that? No, Mike is getting MMM ST. MMMMM. What is MMM?
mean. Mm, stop. <laughs> mm, stop. Mm, bop. <laughs> Got to call Hanson. They're in trouble. <laughs>